Welcome TTB community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me, as always, is the very ductile Elliot Shibley. Is that? <laughs> I'm guessing that is like go with the flow. That's what I was going for, but I think this is more specific to uh, like. Uh, yeah, so it says able to be deformed without losing toughness, pliable, not brittle. But <laughs> I did mean the way that you were going with. Yeah. All right. So today's episode is all about my wife and I's trip to Acadia National Park. And we'll basically go through it like we did with Bob's episode to Rome. We'll go through everything chronologically. We cover Portland, Acadia, Bangor, all the stuff. It's got food, it's got hiking, it's got friends. Travel tip of the week, buy if uh, and this this really only applies if you're staying in one place for a long time, buy food at a grocery store and meal prep as soon as you get there and then all of your stuff is ready and you can focus on the traveling and then focus on being present. It's nice. You save money too. Yep. Right, right. So, all right. Well, before we get into the conversation, check out some of the cool things that we offer. The Traveler's Blueprint offers a travel journal and planner that is available for $7.99 on our website. It is a PDF, so you can fill it out online or in paper, and it is completely reusable. We also offer a Become Your Own Travel Agent five-part video tutorial. Part one is navigation, two is booking airfare, three blogs, research, and reviews, four itinerary building, and five safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. You can find that on our website, and it is $25. We also offer travel consulting. So for more information on that, go to our website and feel free to send us a DM on social media or an email. Lastly, you can join us. And if you want to, you can you can be a part of our travel around table series. That's where we sit down with a group of, of travelers. Send us your email with your name, your website and a few travel related topics that you enjoy discussing. And we will get back to you. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome, Elliot, but more importantly, Amanda, the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. So uh, we're going to talk about your recent trip, right? Yeah, Acadia. Yeah, let's do it. I'm very excited. Amanda, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much this for having me. This is your second me. appearance. You know, I've been dying to be on here. Yes. And show everyone how funny I am. Oh, boy. Yeah, and and I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm really looking forward to your trip because I know that the both of you uh, are huge outdoor enthusiasts, and I have yet to visit Acadia. So maybe you two can sell me on it. Not that it probably is going to take that much, but let's pretend it's going to take a lot. So I really well, want some. Uh... <laughs> for our early dedicated listeners, we had a Traveler's Blueprint National Parks podcast. Mm -hmm. Way back in the beginning, and Acadia mm -hmm. was in my top five that I wanted to travel to. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is one that I think often gets overlooked by national park enthusiasts, right? So when anybody thinks of going to a national park, it's automatically like, let's go west. Like, how do we, for, for us East Coasters, anyway, um, it's how do you, let's go west, let's go see the Grand Canyon and Yosemite and Yellowstone and Glacier and all these absolutely incredible national parks really for the mountain ranges and for the valleys and for the wildlife. Unfortunately, like we don't have a lot of that here, but we do have some incredible national parks. They include Everglades National Park, Shenandoah National Park, but I think Acadia is probably the most beautiful. I mean, that, that could be subject to debate. Um, well, the only two I've been to that we've been to is Shenandoah and 
Well, I drove through the Everglades and then Acadia. Yeah. And then there's uh, Grand Smokies National Park. Um, I guess we were on the fringe of that. The Everglades was an interesting one. That was my, I need, if you're listening to this, this is like purely opinion, uh, my least favorite. It was very buggy, very swampy, very flat, very uh, nerve wracking because I was alone and there are pythons and alligators and, uh, you know, Florida panthers and, and Florida black bears. And, but the mosquitoes were the worst part of it. And it was like midsummer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, swamp creatures. And so, um, I'm excited to hear about it, Katie. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you about it because I, I know we haven't talked to you since we actually got back. We told you a little bit about the trip, but we're really going to dive into some details here and we'll kind of break it down day by day. Yeah, so that's what I was curious about. Um, we didn't really talk this through. Normally, we have a, a, a blueprint for the episode, but we really oh, don't. We have a blueprint, all right. A traveler's so how... blueprint. <laughs> so how are we actually going to break this down? Are you going to give me like your highlights are you going to give me your itinerary and we're going to walk through your experiences uh, like as you experience them is that is yeah. that the plan yeah I think, okay. I think easiest would probably be day by day we have it broken down using our itinerary as the traveler's blueprint uh, mm-hmm. it was really helpful amanda did a lot of the planning on this which she did an excellent job and nice. we Thank basically you. had all of our hikes mostly planned out for each day for the 10 days that we were in acadia and then we spent four days in new hampshire with a friend um but those first 10 days were almost all Acadia National Park. And for those of you that don't know, Acadia has three main areas. It's not just Mount Desert Island where a majority of the trails are, but there's also Skudik Peninsula, which is to the north slash east. And then there is Deer or Ilaho, which is to the southwest. And that is a completely separate island. And Skudik Peninsula is actually part of main connected to the mainland. Peninsula. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, why don't you just jump into it and I'll interject with questions as I have them. Sure. Well, I think Amanda should start with the first day because it was arguably the most important day for her because of pizza. This was Ooh. the most important day because of nice. pizza. So we ended up taking the drive from Pennsylvania all the way up to Portland. The, one of the best pizza places Supposedly. that probably no one knows about is New Haven, Connecticut, which is near Yale. So I wanted to go to two places. We first stopped at Modern, which was just, I don't even know how to describe this pizza because it was perfect in every way. Hmm. Perfect. Now, I mean, I'm going to push you to describe the pizza a little bit. So sure. uh, are we talking like thick crust, thin crust? Um, was it cooked to the point of crispiness? Was it more doughy? I like this. Okay, this is good. So <laughs> this is right up Amanda's alley. This is yeah. a, this is a thin. Now. This is a thin crust pizza. This okay. is a wood. Is it a brick oven or wood? Modern. I'm not sure. I'm going to feel really bad if I don't know this. Can I look it up? Yeah, let's look it yeah. up. Look it up now. So while, I don't get while it wrong. we're doing this, um, so we we planned on stopping at two pizza places while we were in New Haven, and and I wanted to stop at Modern for sure because I've had the pizza before. And I wanted to stop at Frank Pepe's, which is, I guess, classically the first pizza place in America, which I'm sure is up for debate. Whoa. Um, but it's Whoa, that's like a really oh, yeah. big statement. Oil-fueled brick oven. Brick oven. Brick oven pizza. And you have to get there as soon as the place opens, which is at 1030. And you can only get whole pies, which we found out when we got there. You go inside... You order one person in, one person out, you order your pie, and then you get out. And it's about 90 degrees inside. We ordered our pie. 
Took probably 15 minutes, come out. How do you think? How big? That's about a 12 inch. 12 inch pie. And yeah, thin crust, doughy, but crispy. Tons of cheese. Had a little bit of that like sweet sauce that I like. Yep. Mm, yeah. And like you, and, and you pull it up and the cheese just falls. Doesn't want to, doesn't want to detach. No. Yeah. It was like it was the so it was whole sliced buffalo mozzarella on it. That was so good. And just for reference, I mean, Amanda is a pizza connoisseur. She has been logging every single slice of pizza for six years now. Some would argue it's a problem, but mm-hmm. I think it gives me good data. I think it gives me good data. And for baseline, the way that you rate pizza is always getting a traditional margarita. Yes. So that's what we got. Yep. Just a plain, like a standard plain pizza. Nice. It was and delicious. then we walked that. Wait, well, we actually ate that and walked down to Frank Pepe's to get our second pizza. But it was already lying out the door. Didn't want to get germs. Forty-five minute wait just to order pizza, and then likely yeah. another half hour wait to get pizza. Ooh. So then mm. we went down the street to Frank's competitor, Sally's, and had Sally's. And now this is a an opinion. This is an opinion. From a pizza connoisseur. I know you guys have tons of listeners. More every day. I don't want to speak ill of Sally's. So I'll leave it there. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I mean, everybody is entitled to their opinion. And and if someone has an issue with it, then uh, they can complain in the comments and give yeah. us uh, better exposure and engagement. <laughs> you bring it up with me <laughs> They can give us more engagement on social media. Yes. Um, by since we were fuel- fueled up with pizza, we then okay. drove to Portland and spent some time in Portland before we made our way all the way to Acadia. And in Portland, we had an amazing food experience. Oh, mm. there was a place okay. that was only desserts. It was down a little street. They had seating outside and it's called Gross. And it is only desserts so they have a full meals yeah they have a tasting menu of desserts and then they have a full menu of dessert like large plate desserts and you can't get meat you can't get like anything savory it's just all interesting desserts is there a theme to the desserts or is it everything from like cookies to ice cream to it's gourmet everything and so it's gourmet yeah and so there is uh work put into the entree like is it is it an aesthetic oh it's like Presented in a very nice yeah, like way. if you were to get chicken parm, but of like a dessert, right? Okay, so good. and so what did the two of you get? Oh, oh I was unconscious we, at that point. We got a <laughs> peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter, chocolate, coconut something. Yeah, it was amazing, mm. and yeah. that was our that was actually our second meal of the day for dinner. We had already eaten a very large burger and some wings. We went to Nosh, and, which is also pretty yes, popular, well, like good. a burger pizza pub place. They do have a burger. Where you, you, it's the burger in the middle, but it's put together with two slices of pizza, which I now wish I had gotten. But. Wow, that is that is uh, very American. Um, so, so you at this point have not made it to Acadia. This is no. still on route to Acadia National Park. Nice. Um, and so where did you say Gross was? Gross, Gross is in Portland. Yeah, downtown okay. Portland, Maine. And did you use Portland as your home base? Um, no. No. Okay. All right. So go. On. That was just go our. On. That was just a waypoint on our way up to Bangor, or as okay. someone that we met there who's vacationed there quite a bit says, "Banga, banga." 
Um, I have to admit that I, I don't really know the geography of Maine all that well. So, okay, I have it up now. I have it up on Google Maps. So I am I am looking at Portland and where did you go from here? Oh, well, can I ask, what was Portland like uh, as far as urban experiences it's go? A, it's a nice little coastal city. It's pretty small, but it's got a lot of seemingly great restaurants and it yeah. seems very young. Okay. You have that like young professional vibe going on? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. And then the next morning we drove up to Banga. And... Oh, but on the way, yeah, on the way over there, <laughs> we stopped at Holy Donut, which is a chain, and it's potato donuts. Potato donuts. And just we heavy, got... heavy donuts. Yeah. I think we got, so we got four. We ordered four. We ordered four, and then I wanted to walk up and see, because they have gluten-free donuts, vegan, vegan donuts. Vegan. So I wanted to see which ones I was eating that were vegan, and if I could tell the difference. And he goes, oh, well, you didn't try this one. And then he just hands me a fifth donut, like half a pound over the counter. We ate all of them. Oh, it was so filling. We were full <laughs> after the first half. Yeah. And we then were we like, had yeah. four more halves. <laughs> I've never heard of a potato donut. What is that texture like? It's very similar Thick. to a regular, I would say more, more similar to a cake donut than a batter donut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's so good. So, so good. That's one more thing you can do with a potato that I didn't realize. What a versatile piece of food. Very, yeah. <laughs> and then we drove up to Benga. And Benga. I, I have to give a shout out to Amanda's mom because she very much wanted us to stop at the Benga Police Department. Okay. For a special reason. So if you look at the Facebook page of the Bangor Police Department, there's the Duck of Justice, which is a stuffed duck that's in this glass case. And it's in their tiny little police museum. And one of the lieutenants, Tim Cotton, who works at the police department, has written books about being a police officer. And he's super funny. And you can visit the Duck of Justice and take your picture. So we did that. Also, I mean, I thought this was funny. Its initials are the DOJ. The DOJ. Hmm. <laughs> interesting yep and then we hung around bangor for the day saw to stephen's stephen king's house yep ah. yep ah. he's gotten a lot of inspiration for his novels was it in creepy bangor it did was it not. a creepy house or a nice house was no, it like very, nice, house? very nice lots of security because yeah, people like us driving by current house so he's living there now i, I believe so there was a car in the driveway he may, may or may not have been there. Cannot confirm. Nor did I. Okay. Interesting. All right. And, and okay. And so now from Bangor, where do you go? So we, that's, that was our Sunday. That was, we got into Bangor, got established at our Airbnb, got some more coffee. And then we walked around for a little bit. And was that the day that we went to the brewery? Mason's? No. The other one, Sea Dogs. Sea Dog. Yes, we did go to Sea Dog. That was along the river. They have a little river walk, and then along that is Sea Dog Brewing, right on the water. Yep, and then it was mostly prepping, grocery shopping for the week. Because Bangor is our base. Bangor is now our base. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bangor is is your base. You did not. So I normally have heard people do Bar Harbor. So we, I should say that Amanda did a lot of research into where we were going to stay. Mm -hmm. And Bar Harbor is 
very expensive to stay at, mm-hmm. especially with the hotels and mm-hmm. some of the Airbnbs are as expensive, if not more expensive than the hotels. And so wow. we were initially looking in a few other locations like Ellsworth, Goldsboro. Yeah, but those and- plans had kind of fallen through. So we ended up getting Bangor at the last second. But even though it was an hour to and from Acadia every day, I don't think we would have done anything differently with those two hours because we were so exhausted from hiking. Yeah, it was kind of a nice wake up in the morning because we had that time to kind of get prepared, like physically wake up. It wasn't just, you know, get in the car, drive 10 minutes to our hiking spot. It was get up, have coffee, have breakfast, drive an hour. And then you're physically woken up, mentally woken up, and then you can hike for the next four. Yeah. Right. Okay. And now, did you do Airbnb in, in Bangor? Or we ended hotel? up doing a VRBO. So, yeah. Um, what, yeah, what is, what is Vacation Verbo? rental booking offers? I don't know. But. Oh. <laughs> it, don't it's know. essentially, it's essentially Airbnb. It's, it's primarily for. It's, it's people renting out their houses. It's the same concept. And I okay. think the premise of VRBO is that you get the entire house to yourself. Yeah. It's not just a room. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like Airbnb, I mean, Airbnb can be an entire house, but it, mm-hmm. VRBO almost always is. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the first day, Monday, the 23rd was the day that Henry actually was up the coast of Maine and we were had some initial pl- hikes planned, but ended up doing Scudic Head, which is the Scudic Peninsula northeast of Mount Desert Island, where the majority of Acadia is. And we chose that because the hikes aren't as, don't have as many vistas, and it's on a peninsula, kind of exposed to the water. So there's this really cool rocky area that you can walk out on, the Scudic Point, and it was just waves crashing everywhere. It was so cool. And it's a place where you're going to go. You're just going to stay there the entire day. Because if you want to go to Acadia National Park in around Bar Harbor, it's another hour and a half to get back there. So we figure go to Scudic, spend the whole day there and hike and then go home. So that we did Scudic and then we're done. Yeah, but we ended up doing uh, the hike. Blueberry Hill is a little lollipop hike. So that means you have the same leg out and back, and then a little loop at the end. That was about six miles, we think. Yep. For six people or so. interested. Lots of, everything could be found on all trails. There are so many, I don't, I don't know, hundreds of trails. Yeah. yeah. For That's Acadia, how we did all Super accessible. Planning. Everything is easy to get to. Everything's well marked for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I, I love that platform. I use it um, all the time. And it's normally up to date, like, there's always yeah. people writing reviews and giving you recent experiences on the trails, whether or not like, you know, it's marked still, uh, there's fallen trees. Like you can usually get pretty recent information on, on those, on those yeah, trails. Most of the, most of the trails we were researching <clears throat> had a review or a rating within a few days prior to us doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we did, yeah, point, we actually drove over to Bar Harbor to see what it was like. That was our first time in Bar Harbor and on MDI. And then we parked got some coffee, walked around a little bit, and then we found this awesome place. This ended up being our routine routine almost every single day after we were done hiking, and it was yeah. so enjoyable because we went to uh, Chocolate Latte. Yeah, personal shout-out to Chocolate Latte and Ivy Manor Inn. Yeah. 
who solidified our post-hike routine for six days. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we would get a latte or another coffee and maybe a little bite to eat at Chocolate. And then we would take our coffees and our food up to Ivy Manor Inn, chill out in their like beer slash wine garden. And then we would grab a beer or some wine and just chill there. They always had good music. And later in the week, they ended up having live music. And it was just so nice to just hang out, watch people walk by and chat. By the way, it's even nice when it's raining outside. Yep. Because we sat, I mean, we were coated in sweat, so we didn't care if we were rained on. But we sat, because that was the day it rained, all day. Yeah. And we sat at the Ivy Manor Inn in our raincoats, drinking beer, just getting rained on. Yep. It was wonderful. We were already wet from sweat anyway, so yeah, it, didn't matter. it didn't matter. Right. And and so you did this every day. So it was, was it about like four hours of hiking? And then you would go back to Bar Harbor. And yep. I've heard wonderful things about Bar Harbor. I've never really heard anybody say anything bad about it. Um, it's and it seems cute. like you guys agree. Yeah. yeah. Just a cute, it's like, it reminds me a little bit of Stone Harbor. A little bit, yeah. Not as like that long drive, but, or like, Cape May, like beach town, cute beach town on the water. Lots of boats. Very touristy. Yeah. They're, you know, touristy shops and you can get your Bar Harbor magnet and your Bar Harbor long sleeve shirt and your Bar Harbor vest. And (laughs) you can get ice cream in a couple different places, good restaurants. The one place we ate was Project Social. And that's where we went after we were done eating and drinking. Then we went to Project Social to to eat and drink some more. Yeah, that was it does dinner. look really nice. It, it gives me, um, it looks like, I mean, the typical touristy main street with very well-kept storefronts. Yes. Have you, either of you been to like Key West or Key, is it Key Largo? What's the last one? Um, yeah, Key West. Key West. Yeah. You ever been, like, it, it, for whatever reason, it just reminds me of, of that downtown. Yeah, um, right. Because then you have the water with all the boats and everything. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then our, well, I guess we should say for each of our hikes, our packing material was usually breakfast before or on the road, but we would always prepare a two liter camelback for both of us for every day of hiking with at least two pieces of food for either lunch and a snack, and then some extra food in case of any kind of, uh, wandering. Let's call it wandering. Sure. Not getting okay. lost. Right. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Just in case you yeah. want to wander further. And, the trails um, were mostly well marked. Yeah, very mostly. well. I'd say there was Pretty probably well. only one trail really that wasn't superbly well marked, but almost everything in Acadia is well marked, yeah. either through uh, little cairns or spray paint. Mm-hmm. Now, I might be mo- like getting ahead of you guys on the itinerary, but did you see Jordan Pond? Yes. We'll get okay. there. That okay. Was day... uh, that's why I was asking. I didn't want to. Yeah. That was day, day was four. That? that was day four. Yeah. So day three, or I guess this is only day two in Acadia, mm-hmm. our fourth day on the road. Uh, we mm-hmm. did probably the hardest hike or second hardest hike. And it was a six summit hike. So it was a lot of up and down. The first up was the hardest. And then we would go down a little valley up to the next one. And that was about a six-mile hike. And Does it have a name, the trail it, or the? Hike? It's called the, the Six, six Summits. Summits. It's on all trails. Okay. Um, but we actually modified a, li- a a little bit based on our starting point. But it includes Bald Mountain, Gilmore Mountain, Grandin Mountain, Sergeant Mountain, Penobscot Mountain, and 
was it like and one more mountain swamp marsh or cedar cedar swamp cedar swamp mountain sure yep that's it i thought it was a weird name for a mountain cedar swamp mountain okay yeah no i am following you on google earth yeah and then again chocolate in the afternoon ivy manor and right after that and then for dinner we went back to bangor and across from bangor is brewer brewer and in yes. Brewer, there is a brewery called Mason's that we had a great time getting more pizza. More pizza. And drinks. And what was uh, your experience like as far as like people goes and over being overcrowded? I know that's been an issue with national parks due to COVID. Everybody's kind of flocking to the outdoors. Yeah. There Scudic were, first. I think doing Scudic first was a really good idea. <clears throat> I think people don't necessarily go there. One, because if people are staying in Bar Harbor, they're not making that drive. An hour and a half over to Skudik. I hope I'm saying that right. I think you are. Skudik? There's, it can't Scudic, be. It can't be Skudik. Yeah, it can't Please be. Please say it's not that. I mean, it's not shul, it's school. Right, right. So going there, I don't think We saw was... maybe five or six people total on that six mile hike. And we did tend to do a lot of things. So like the, the six summit isn't a crowded area the more iconic acadia hikes are very jordan pond beehive precipice if you get there early enough you're usually fine but jordan pond was probably it doesn't matter what time you get there people are going to be all over the place that's right off the main road it looks like yeah and And everything around there is is so close like sand beach is right there thunder hole is right there and all of that is you know, the heavy hitters of where you're going to get people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so day, uh, I guess the following day was Jordan Pond. We did a loop around that where I should say that included Jordan Pond, both North and South Bubble and Pometic Mountain. And we started going up Pometic Mountain. We tended to front load our hikes by doing the hardest part first so we can not be tired for the hardest smart part. move smart i would move. strongly recommend if i could do any hike if i could recommend any hike strongly to anyone it would be if you're feeling adventurous do pometic mountain first then it'll take you right to the bubbles and then end at jordan pond because if you start at jordan pond you're not making that up pometic you're not going to go up pometic no wow I mean, and, I, and Jordan Pond is just like a, a cute little, how long is it? Four, two mile the, loop? The whole loop, if you did everything around the pond, is three miles. It's three miles, but it's really crowded and you just, you just basically walk on a little wooden bridge or a trail For around a this, this giant lake and it's really pretty. But to think that you have to go up Pometic after that. So, like, okay. Just get so, it done before you're not even awake. The the trail around the pond, Jordan Pond, is at like pond level, is at the yeah. elevation of the water itself. And yeah. then when you when you climb this mountain, is is it is it the, the peak overseeing the pond? Yep. Do you get better views? Okay. Yeah, right. there's mm-hmm. two there's actually a few peaks that oversee the ponds. I think Pometic is to the east, and then there's Sargent and Penobscot to the west. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, yeah, and this is a personal opinion, like that, I would prefer to have that aerial view of the pond rather than just standing at the edge of the pond. Mm-hmm. And then you don't feel obligated <clears throat> to do the entire Jordan Pond loop. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've already right. seen it from its most beautiful location above. 
Right. And the bubbles, you actually get decent views too. A lot of people do the bubbles because you can you can still be above the ponds and it's not too much of an elevation gain. It's not too mm -hmm. strenuous. But I will say one of my favorite parts of that day was coming down Pemetic Mountain. And there's a section of the trail that splits in two and it's called the ravine. And you literally climb down a stream or up a stream through this ravine that is just rock face on either side. It was so awesome. Um, I would have rather gone up it, but since we had decided to go the other way, we ended up going down it. It was a little slippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... And after after that, more chocolate and more Ivy Men are in. Yeah. It's That's so, so funny perfect. that you found a routine that, like, you know, and that, that fit every day. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, because yeah. we were usually pretty exhausted. And I'd say on average, we did six to eight miles of hiking and then another mile to two miles of walking in Bar Harbor. And, and a I lot mean, of what you... Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, and when you're on this island, um, what what is the name of the island? Is Mount it Desert Bar Harbor Island. Island? It's what? Mount Desert Island. MDI. Mount. Okay. Um, there. I mean, it doesn't look like you have a whole lot of options other than going back to Bar Harbor every day. Anyway, right. If you're staying there, uh, the one day we did go somewhere else, and we can get there. That was one of the last hiking days that we had. Okay. And so the following day after Jordan Pond was an early day for us because we were doing beehive which is a very popular trail and it is almost up the side of a cliff face and so you're doing a scramble up these rocks you're doing a lot of iron rungs and it can get really crowded really quickly and then you can just get stuck in this long line of people going up the trail it's probably only two-thirds of a mile to actually get up to the top of beehive but the whole loop is like three and the loop that's the most popular on all trails actually has you going down beehive which is really dangerous when it gets super crowded because then you have all these people trying to go up beehive where it's single file and you have everyone right, right waiting and then people who are coming from all trails are going down the iron rungs exactly where you're coming and it creates a lot of traffic and i'm just surprised that that's still Listed. It seems like everyone in the comments says, do not go down Beehive because... It even has it on the trail markers. Yeah. When, you, when you're walking up, it says, do not... Or be respectful of people. We recommend you going up this only. Do not try to come down because you will interfere with people going up. Yeah. Hmm. So always do your research when looking at these trails because some of them are very difficult. Like technically challenging especially going down. And you don't want anyone to be in your way, nor do you want anyone to really be in your way during a global pandemic. So another right. reason to go early. Yeah. So right. with Beehive, we ended up doing Gore Mountain, and there was a pond in there too that was kind of picturesque. It was I forget deep. what it was. Deep Cove? No. Deep Cove. No. But no. right after, we, we chose this area because there's a lot of stuff around Beehive, including Thunder Hole, which we did after Sand Beach. And Sand Beach is like a little sandy inlet that actually goes to the ocean. And we were expecting a little bit more out of that. It was kind of fun to see, but we only spent maybe 10 minutes there. If you've been to the bay at the shore, that's kind of what it looks like. Yep. It's very peaceful. Yeah. Is it, it's unique to, 
to the area, right? Like having a sand beach there. So yep. is that yep. what sets it apart from the Estes? Because I know most of it's rocky, yep. <clears throat> boulderly, yeah, boulder, yep. boulderly. Yeah. And so you have this unique sandy area and it draws people's attention. But I think if you're from this area, it's not. Yeah. So from Sand Beach, we ended up walking over to Thunder Hole, which was a mile and a half-ish. And we or less than a mile. And we got to Thunder Hole. We went specifically to Thunder Hole because it's supposed to be this cacophonous, like loud waves crashing because the formation of rocks in this area has been eroded away from tides and waves that it actually created a little cave. So when high tide is coming in, the wave hits and it keeps all this air inside the cave and it just is supposed to explode with this extreme force and when we were there it was more like gurgle hole mm. it was we, so peaceful it just came right in and then like blah, 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 yeah and then went back <laughs> out but but you're supposed to get there two hours before high tide because it's coming in it's not completely engulfed over the hole yet and we waited and waited and waited. We walked back so to the car long. so I could get a book, and I read my book. Oh, we got so sunburned because we were hanging out, and this is on the eastern side of MDI, and we're just sitting on these rocks, full exposure, no shade. Both of us got burned, and yeah, there was no thundering, which we did some research afterwards and found that the best time to go to Thunder Hole is either before or after a storm. Most of the time, if there is an active storm, you won't be allowed to actually go down to the hole because it's too dangerous mm -hmm. to get swept away. What's well, I mean, the picture, so I, I have it on Google Maps, yeah. and the picture of, like, the, the the placard looks like it's intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, like, waves crashing over the, the walk walking area, like the boardwalk with the railing and everything. But then the pictures show something slightly different. Still looks incredible. Like, it's a, it's a pretty cool... Um, it's pretty cool. What we found, because we were at Scudic Point during Henry, that was what I think Thunder Hole was supposed to be like. Yeah. Mm. So if we had been wise enough to go to Thunder Hole during Henry, then I think we would have had a cooler experience. Yeah. Mm. Now, is this is this something that you would recommend to travelers going to the area? Or would you say skip it? I, I think would go. I think I would skip Sand Beach, but I would do Thunder Hole during a storm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily skip either one. They're they're easy to do. Yeah, you can do so close. It's not like you're doing a two hour or a three hour hike to see something. You can park at both of them. Yeah. So I yeah. said, why not? Maybe if you're in a landlocked state, definitely go see Sand Beach since you don't get to visit them <laughs> quite as often. But if you're living in Jersey or somewhere that you can access a beach, it might not be. Right. Yep. That groundbreaking. Yeah. Yet again, uh, Chocolate Ivy Manor Inn. Now, what did each of you order at Chocolate every day? Did you get the same thing or did you try the menu? So I always got the same. I'm a, I love lattes. Even mm -hmm. when it's hot, I will still get a hot latte. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you change up your order every once in a while. I do. Sometimes I just want a black coffee, but it was so hot. Apparently unseasonably warm up in Maine. It was routinely 85, 90 degrees and really humid. And I got a nice latte every time, I think. And then we did try a different... Except for the first day when it was raining. Elliot, you, oh, yeah, you yeah. would hike all day long in 85 to 93 weather and then sit down and drink a hot latte? Yeah. It was that's, so gross. I find that... <laughs> that's, that's hard, man. I Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
It's a lot of heat. <laughs> the, now I will say, hot it doesn't seem like very refreshing. I guess you know after a long day. It's not necessarily refreshing, but it's still enjoyable because to me a latte is not like a hot black coffee because it's milk. It's mm-hmm. not as hot. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense? I've, it's still I'm, I like I'm the texture. and sweat. You know what I want? Hot milk. I know it's we can we, we, we can talk about when you guys over no we can talk about lattes though um when we talk about Rome because I've had some of my first latte experiences there and yes. oh yeah I had Very a lot good. so um all right keep going but with the food we always got like either a cookie oh no we got no no we didn't a get muffin. a cookie but most of the time we got muffins and we tried their different muffins which were really good and I think one day we actually got their a day old bag of bagels those went fast mm. and mm. I think we ate two or three of them at Ivy Manor Inn with our lattes and beer. We did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good bagel. Now, I don't know if we either haven't gotten to it yet or you guys didn't do it, but I know seafood is like it's huge up there. Any, any seafood experiences? You're going to get to it? We'll Not as many it. as I thought we would have, no. but we did have them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Support for the Traveler's Blueprint is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Enjoy 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TTB at manscaped.com. Do not travel to the Netherlands or anywhere for that matter with untamed nether regions. Elliot and I do not, and we bring this with us on our trips. On the Traveler's Blueprint, we promote concise travel planning, and part of that planning is making sure you pack appropriately. The Lawnmower 4.0 is lightweight, has a travel lock, a light for close shaving, and a battery length that will last long into your trips. You got it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TTB at manscaped.com. Your, Your balls, balls will, will thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so following Beehive, Thunderhole, and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff, we did one of the other most popular hikes in Acadia the next morning, very early as well, and it is Precipice Trail. And Precipice is Beehive Extreme. It's, it's a lot longer, very similar terrain, lots of iron rungs, steep cliffs. Uh they do recommend not to do it when it's raining and again to only go up it don't come down it i would never go down that trail oh my god no. i would never do that when it's raining and when i say iron rungs these railings these iron rebar are like bolted into the stone and in certain cases it is a 90 degree rock face and you're climbing up Please. like a ladder six or seven rungs Okay. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at the pictures. It looked like there's it was no like a 45 degree. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I see some of these pictures. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Now, if you were to lose grip, what happens to you? Do you fall off the mountain and die? Like, is it that? Yeah. So it's that? I think at it's some places serious. you you could, you would probably... Probably. tumble somewhere yeah, with it, very serious injuries i think you'd bounce a little bit before you got to the bottom it's nothing like angel's landing in utah which no. i looked up i've never been there but angel's landing is because when we say like huge drops really narrow walkways it's nothing like that hmm. i think if you're if you're methodical with where you're 
putting your hands in your feet and you're paying attention to what you're doing, it's safe. Fair. Okay. And yeah. if it's not, do you think you're safe. Yeah. Do you think there's a level of fitness required to do this trail? There, there are some. Um, I think like most people do it, but again, it. it's one of the most popular trails in Acadia. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the national park attendants know that, which is why they put the iron rungs in. Yeah. Because okay. I think to do it without the iron rungs would be very difficult and dangerous. Yeah. And is this a hike for views or is it a hike for enjoyment along the way? Waterfalls? Uh, what was Very the few goal? waterfalls in Acadia. few waterfalls. Okay. But the hike itself is enjoyable because it's just fun to do those kinds of things. Technically and it's just a progressively nicer view as you go up. I would say you do need some kind of aerobic fitness, yeah. but you can take plenty of breaks and Which people will just pass you. No, I, in my experience hiking with the two of you, there are not many breaks. We don't stop. <laughs> we don't stop. No, no. <laughs> but every, almost every single hike in Acadia has a very scenic view at the top. Yeah. Because yeah. you're looking at, you're looking out over the Atlantic. There are other islands, either part of Acadia or just private islands that are really cool to see. And then you've got the ocean. It's awesome. You see Nova Scotia. No. No. Okay. Too far away. I think too far. I mean, maybe you could, maybe I just wasn't looking for it. Can you see Nova Scotia from Mount Washington? Maybe. That might be like one of the things you can see. We'll get From Mount too. Washington in, in New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. Because New Hampshire, where they said it on a clear day on top of Mount Washington, you can see the Atlantic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't, so, I, that would be, yeah, that's really far. I'm looking at it. Really far. I'm on Google Maps. That's it. Yeah. All right. Keep so, going. After Precipice Trail, we did do, we went back to Thunder Hole because we wanted to see if it was going to be any different. We kind of timed it so we were there two hours before high tide. Mm -hmm. It was again Gurgle Hole, so we left. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we did do Otter Bank. We hiked around the southern point of that area, which was kind of interesting, but it was a fairly simple hike. Really no elevation change whatsoever. No otters. No otters that we saw. But we did see, or I should say, I saw a harbor seal when we were at Scudic Peninsula, which are known to be in the waters of Acadia. But we did not see any moose or bear. So very little wildlife except for some squirrels yeah. and birds. Yeah, moose would have been pretty cool. Moose would have been so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have them there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, they're in Acadia, moose. Yeah, they're, yes. you're more likely to encounter a bear in Acadia than a moose. Okay. And, there are like and only... some moose crossing signs, and but just to be <sighs> careful on the road, but we didn't see one. That's something that I really, I would love to see a moose in the wild. Yeah, um, same. And it's only black bear. Well, I, I should say, I have seen a moose in the wild, and that was in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. But mm. it's been a while. Yeah. I think so. So we also went to Echo Lake, which is the better option and if you want to go to a beach. Don't do Sand Beach. Go to Echo Lake Beach. And okay. Echo Lake is a freshwater pond on the island that is not used it's one of the few or maybe the only that's not used for potable water so you can actually swim in it almost every other water body in acadia you cannot swim in because it's used as a reservoir yeah interesting but after echo lake and echo lake is actually pretty cool because most of the wildlife is still in there and it's a very clear pond so they recommend For people that want to do scuba diving or snorkeling, that you can see a lot of different fish, turtles, other wildlife. Yeah, it's a pretty big lake too. Yeah. And you can do paddle boarding, kayaking, that kind of fun stuff. Do you do any of that? 
No, we did. We were there for maybe 15, 20 minutes, just enjoying okay. the scenery and dipped our toes in the water. So Southwest Harbor is just south of Echo Lake Beach, and that's actually one of the few other places we went to on Mount Desert Island besides Bar Harbor. And we did, we got some food, I think a late lunch and some coffee, mm-hmm. and that was really enjoyable. It was very quiet and much smaller than Bar Harbor, like a an intersection of a street is the downtown. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. That was such a nice little place that we went to. Yep. I completely forgot about that. I'm glad we brought it up. Then the next day says Acadia National Park, and I don't remember. Was that a break day? <laughs> that wasn't a break day. Was that? That may have was that been. Meet, meet Idaho. Let's see. If you're not familiar and you haven't used Google Maps, your timeline, I highly recommend it. Uh, is a great way to recount what you are doing at any point if you used Google Maps to get to a destination. And Google Maps is usually tracking location if you allow it uh, off where when you're not using the app, which is kind of nice because it'll it'll let you check into places or ask you if you are at this place. And then you have a journal of where you were. Let's see. So does Google. So this is the 28th, right? That was Isla Ho. That was Isla Ho. What a great day. Who is a ho? <laughs> Isla Ho. Oh, all right. So, so go on. Explain so Isla Ho is, is three words. It's Isle, I-S-L-E, space, A-U, space, H-A-U-T. And it is a separate island from Mount Desert Island that is still part of Acadia. So to get there, you cannot drive. You have to take a ferry from Stonington mm-hmm. or a private boat. And you can hike. It's it's very secluded and it has very little, I, I would say, structures or any kind of built things around it. Mm-hmm. And you have your opportunity to hike there all day and then catch the ferry on the way back. Or if you miss the ferry, you camp at Ho and then wait for the ferry to come the next day because Wait, is that no happens? one else is coming to get you. No, is that what happened to you guys? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Now we we made sure we were back to the ferry about an hour before it was supposed to leave. Mm-hmm. So we there are two stops that the ferry goes to. There's Ilaho Town, which is at the northern end of the island, and there it's very sparsely populated, maybe a few hundred people, and then the southern point is Duck Harbor, and that's where a campground is. And so the ferry will go to Isla Town, and then it'll go to Duck Harbor, and then back to Stonington. And there's a few stops. They do that cycle throughout the day. So okay. we took the 10 a.m., got to Isla Town around 11, no. 11, and then hiked from the town all the way down. And then the southern slash southwestern point is where most of the trails are. And so we did some hiking down there and then took the ferry back at duck harbor bring bug spray bring pants for flies otherwise it was fine yeah so, so we when we got to the island we knew we had done a lot of or amanda had done a lot of research black flies are an issue in 
the late spring in Acadia. And they kind of just swarm. And I don't they're know. They're big suckers. They're really big. But I don't know if they bite. Do they bite? I think they do. Okay. They bite. So the Isla Ho, we weren't expecting any flies. And the first part of the hike, there were none. But there were lots of mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. And then we got to the southern part of the island. And we asked, we ended up asking a couple with their child if we could have bug spray. And they were like, yeah, sure. But it's not going to help with the flies. And we're like, and we hadn't what seen flies? any flies at that point. We had just been swarmed by mosquitoes. And I was like, your comment is irrelevant. I need bug spray. Right. And then yeah. the last four miles. It was all stable flies. Stable flies. And we were the horses. Yeah. It was, yeah. they were yeah. so unbelievably annoying. And oh, you could not get away from them. There were probably at least a dozen flying around you at any point, And... At the worst spots, it was probably several dozen, and they bite if they land on you long enough. And they're not, it's not a super painful bite, but it is very annoying. Ugh. And they're like the size of house flies. Yeah. But they, uh. it's nice that, because when you're trying to walk, you're just, you know, flailing your arms and your legs so they don't stay on you long enough, but they're all like hanging on your back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, oh, really. Well, oh, so and gross. you said the the bug spray does not work. No, no. Not and so, bugs. how do you get them off of you? you, uh, you or run, you run, and you slap them off. I wonder why the bug spray doesn't work. So it's DEET, right? DEET is yeah. ineffective against these flies. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and one of the other couples that we saw hiking, the the wife had uh, bug spray, or I guess it's I forget what they called it, but it was basically a propane distributor that gives you a 12 foot radius or a four foot radius around you that keeps mosquitoes away but she was wearing full netting to keep the flies away like a hmm. beekeepers wow helmet yeah. wow. and net wow. but it was just like a garment of clothing and it was on her arms and went down like a shirt around her head untouched. yeah i mean one of the most effective ways that i've you know kept bugs off without using bug spray because I, I hate bug spray i hate the smell of it. i hate how it feels on my skin but if you wear like that that base layer of either merino wool or like the polyester like under armor material for pants and, and long sleeve shirts it's moisture wicking and so it's not too hot like i personally don't ever feel that uncomfortable even when it's really hot out and obviously it does a really good job with ticks and mosquitoes and so that's always an option it's just super tight you have to put a t-shirt on over top and wear shorts you don't want to just wear just you know skin tight under armor no. <laughs> look like I mean, one of those green man suits <laughs> yeah um and something else like that i just want to get your guys uh thoughts on the people that live on islands like this whether it's out in alaska or in maine um and i actually have a guy that that at my company and i wish i remembered which island he lives on that lives on one of these islands um out here could you guys do it no Be that far no. off the grid no. 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 Well, we saw it's, on the ferry, there was a private party that got dropped off before any of the scheduled stops, mm -hmm. and they had paid a little bit extra, but there was probably 10 of them, and they had brought so many supplies. Right. You have and to. Just coordinating that alone made me think, yeah, I don't want to do that. I like being able to just walk to the grocery store. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, and this, but this is something that I've, 
I haven't contemplated this like a lot, but um, a lot of the the uh, mental stressors that we deal with living in a really heavily populated area would be eliminated. But then you get the mental stressors of, do I have enough food? And do I have this? And what if a storm hits? Am I going to be okay? And all that stuff. But yeah, there's, there's a trade-off there. Um, being in Jersey, it's so densely populated here that I kind of like the idea of living somewhere like this. But then again, like even like having a family, you know, the, what's the schooling like? <laughs> it's right. really interesting to me, to the people you need to be ready to have a, um, I don't want to call it uh, like not modern life, but like this, this is an alternative lifestyle. This is not, this is not a typical American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. And it's really interesting to go that route for the people that do. I'm curious to hear why. And it's, yeah. And I think like it's pretty unique, interesting. It, it is. You kind of have to be your own plumber, your own electrician, right? and if and like God forbid something medically happens to you, you just hope it's not an emergency. And if it is, the emergency will not fall apart while you're taking the ferry back to the main area. Yeah. Yeah. There's um a really really good show. Okay. Um, no, it's not a, alone. Is a good show, but um. In Alaska, oh, and it's this tiny little town where there's like, again, like a hundred people max that live there. And I wish I could, I remember the name of the town. Um, but yeah, you have to do everything. And not only that, but like, if you don't get the meat you need before winter comes, you're not going to make it through winter. You have to either leave the town or hopefully a neighbor can give you meat. But typically, like, you need to get one deer or one moose, and you'll be able to live. You'll you'll survive the winter. But um, you need to do everything, everything on your own. Uh, I'm going to try to look up this the name of the show because it is, I think it's on Disney. I think there's, um, there's, like, some appeal to that for some people, but I think it would be such a shame if you had something happen to you and you died because you weren't, were... And we're in a place where things are, you know, luckily things are so accessible. Mm-hmm. It'd be such a shame. Yeah. It happened to you and you died. Right. For, yeah. When you could have, when you could have avoided it. Um, I want to see if I can, like, that's something that Elliot, and I think I've mentioned this to you because they have these, these trips where you can go and survival they take you out into the middle. Of, yeah. It's a survival, survival training. And they, you spend two weeks with nothing and you need to, to go and find meat and set traps and learn how to create a fire. And I personally just like, I, I want to see if I can, I don't know, maybe if it's like the, the, the hard wiring of, of being a man that I have like that, that, you know, primitive uh, hunter gatherer thing that I have that I just need to uh, tick off. But yeah. Right. Maybe. So I mean, I don't, I don't, sorry. I think it would be cool to do that, but I don't have an urge to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, <laughs> you, you know, with like COVID and everything happening, aren't you curious to know now uh, if the world goes to absolute crap, how will you I fare? Mean, I mean, I've how always thought fare? about that with, because I'm, I'm a fan of zombie and apocalypse films. Right. So I've always thought like where I would hunker down if there were a zombie apocalypse and oh, I already thought that out too. Yeah. 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 I'm jumping in the car with my wife and daughter and we're driving north. Yeah, and nope. we're not stopping. So that's, so my, my, in my head, you go to the least populated area and that's like the Canadian wilderness. Assuming you can get across the border during a zombie apocalypse, I'm driving North, I'm getting, and I'm just going to keep going and you'll figure it out there rather than figuring it out, uh, you know, in the suburbs of Philadelphia where 
uh, <laughs> a lot of zombies. That's true. Right. So I want to bring up something. This is a complete tangent and a sidebar from our I like media conversation. But right, but we're going to jump back in. Amanda and I were talking about this. We I recently learned that gasoline, like fuel grade gasoline, typically only has a shelf life of like three to six months or two to four months. Mm-hmm. So all of the zombie movies and zombie films or TV shows that we've ever seen have lied to us. Hmm. Like Mad Max, there's no way that that fuel would last that long. So if you were to truly try to survive and have a car in the zombie apocalypse after more than six months, it needs to be electric. Well, That's why electric, everyone should get an electric car. The electric grid would be shut off. Like you wouldn't be able to, to pull power. You would have to have a solar powered car. Yeah, but it's more likely that there are solar panels still available somewhere that you can plug in. Right. Assuming there's someone operating the plant. We're getting too far no, off. Let's get back to Acadia. <laughs> solar is solar. I'm telling you, it's the best <laughs> it's the better alternative. I have more, but I'm gonna refrain. <laughs> well, we didn't even get it to the best part of Isla Hell. Oh, our friends right. that we met, our friends that we met, um, sure. they were super nice, and we met them when we were talking about the flies, and then when we chatted with them on the way back on the ferry, they had gotten engaged on Isle of Ho, and then we really hit it off with them, and as we got off the ferry, I thought, I would totally hang out with them, and then they're like, yeah, you guys want to hang out? And I was like, yeah, and then we went to Strong Family Brewing. And got more pizza and hung out with them. Oh, and we got main hot dogs. Main, main hot dogs, dogs that are pink. Yeah, they're pink. They're pink. I never had them oh. before. Aren't all hot dogs pink? No, they're like really they're pink. They're like pink. Oh, Like okay. magenta pink. And Interesting. Then the whole next day, hung out with them at their Airbnb. Yeah, we felt like, like we were crashing day. their engagement, but they're like, yeah, we're not doing anything. We'd be yeah. happy to hang out. It was fun. Super That's fun. That's great. Yeah. And then what did we do the day after that? That was Katahdin, right? Well, no, we got we skipped over some major parts there already. So after after Isla Ho and hanging out with our friends that we met, uh, we had to get up really early the next morning and do Cadillac Summit. Oh yes. So Cadillac Summit, if you're not familiar, is one of the first places the sun hits on the east coast of the United States. It's the first place. It is the first place because of its elevation and its relation to the coast. So you have to, in the peak season of national parks, which is, I believe, May to the end of September, you have to get a vehicle reservation to drive up to the summit. And if you don't have a reservation, you can park somewhere else and hike up to the summit. But usually you're going to want to drive because when we were there in at the end of August, sunrise was at 5.50. And so you need you can... to get there 20 minutes early before that to park, go find a spot, put a blanket down, and sit. Mm. And things I don't want to do at 2 a.m. is hike up a mountain. No. Mm-hmm. Dark. Yeah. Yeah, so we left from Bangor at 3, Three? maybe 3.30 in the morning, and got to... Cadillac Summit around, oh no, we probably left at four, got there around five, and then we were sitting from probably 5.15 to 5.45, and then 
we were able to see the summit or the sunrise, the sunrise on, the summit. on the summit. But we were really worried because the previous night it was rainy mm-hmm. and cloudy. And when we got up in the morning, we checked weather and it said cloudy and rainy at Cadillac Summit. So as we were approaching, we were so nervous and you can't change your reservation that easily. So you have to really pay attention to the weather. I think you need like three to four days if you want to change your reservation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got up there. There was a sliver of skyline, of horizon that did not have clouds. And it was right where the sun was rising. Mm-hmm. Was oh, that's pretty cool. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty neat. So we had beautiful colors on the clouds. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the entire, we got to see the sun rise. Like, not just a little bit of the sun and then it was gone, but it was a full sun before yeah. the clouds. It was great. It was completely worth getting up early and making the reservation and worrying about it. Yeah. And then after that, we went down to Bar Harbor, got breakfast. You walked Bar Island, which is a little land bridge that is available during low tide. And then at high tide, it rises. So you need to make sure that you're back. Otherwise, you have to call a ferry. Or you have to call a ferry. Or a water taxi, yeah. Yeah. Is it a man-made bridge? No. Land bridge. It's just a, like a little sandbar where water has pushed pebbles and sand up. So at low tide, you can you can actually walk across the whole thing, and it's probably thirty foot wide. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. Oh, okay. I see. I see it now. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then we walked back from there, and went back to Bangor, got ready, and then went down to see our friends. And this is where we got seafood because mm-hmm. we ended up going to a place down in Thomaston south of rockland yeah it was good and got lobster and lobster roll so i good. haven't had lobster roll and i was you never I was, had a lobster roll not lobster roll strip? no wow yeah so we got a whole lobster and a lobster roll um the lobster roll i wasn't expecting to be cold and that threw me for a loop mm-hmm. yeah I, i've had both i think but the, the lobster, yeah. I like the lobster way more than I like the lobster roll. I think I just like warm, hot lobster better than cold lobster. Like hot lattes. Yes. I'm a hot person. Hot person. Yes. <laughs> You're very hot. Um, nice. And cheap, right? Very cheap compared to what you can get anywhere else as far as, I think that's because it's so abundant. Um, uh, the prices are pretty good. I know. I thought it was pretty expensive. I thought Wasn't it was like pretty 40 expensive. Bucks? Yeah. Like the lobster roll and the lobster itself were each like 25 bucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. What people yeah. recommend if you're in Maine, they actually say get a lobster at the local grocery store, boil it and make it yourself. It's mm-hmm. actually so much better than what you're going to get anywhere else, which we yeah. didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they recommend, which I didn't know, boiling it in salt water that you got from the ocean. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah was a, I, that was a really fun day, hanging out with our newfound friends. And where did you get the lobster rolls and lobster? Do you uh, remember the restaurant? Um, McAdoo's? McMinimins. Nope. I have it here. Yeah, that's something I've always wanted to do. I was under the impression it was significantly cheaper, but maybe it's just cheaper in Maine, but you guys obviously were in the touristy area of Maine, so maybe McLoon's. that's why they marked up the price. McLoon's, okay. Okay. 
but it wasn't a super touristy area. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it is, but it's like the area that our friends were staying at was right near the lobster, I guess, catching places. Mm-hmm. So it was just like kind of manufacturing warehouses, smaller ones that harvested the lobsters, processed them, and then distributed them. Mm-hmm. Nice, so it was not nice. touristy at all, and it was a small island. And then the day after that, that was our rest day. Rest day. Resting up for Katahdin. Closing up shop. Cleaning up the VRBO. Eating the food. Cleaning dishes. Yep. And then we tried to go to University of Maine to charge the car, essentially. And the charger was not available, so then we drove right back. Yep. And we just got... Coffee and yeah, we got hung coffee. Out. Yep, it was just nice, hung out. It was a nice, relaxing day after kinda. hiking for like seven days in a row. Yes, right. and just not right, doing right. anything. This is a day eight of our trip. Yeah, or day nine. And I so, feel like yeah. at that point we had done everything we wanted to do in Acadia. We did all the iconic stuff, did all the classic hikes, did the stuff we wanted to do. We're sufficiently exhausted. And it was very important that we got that rest day because that Tuesday we were doing Katahdin. And that was also, so Katahdin is two hours northeast of Bangor. So that's a drive. And in order to get to Katahdin, you also need a pass because it's in Baxter State Park. So you need a pass to get in and you have to arrive there at 7.05. Or you have to arrive whenever the pass is, yeah. whenever the reservation is for. But if you don't okay. arrive at your scheduled time, then they start letting people in whenever it's just first come, first serve. So you could end up having a pass, not getting there on time. And then if you don't arrive there on time, they don't let you park in that parking lot. And we had a specific area where we wanted to go hiking, a specific time. So we got up again. But we actually got up 20 minutes late. We did. Yeah. But... It, we were very lucky because the check-in point is actually about 20 minutes away from the final destination. And so we, when we put it in our maps, we put the final destination in, not knowing that we had to go through the checkpoint. And if you get to the checkpoint, for out-of-state people, for because it's a state park, if you're out-of-state, you do have to pay for it. If you're in-state, in Maine, you don't have to pay for it. But my recommendation is usually people get there very early and we were there at seven a little bit before seven and there was a line of about 20 cars just waiting to get in so you're going by people and asking if they have a reservation or not so yeah. that if you have a reservation and they don't you actually just go ahead in front of them yes. where they could take your spot yep. yeah, yeah make sure you do that because if we hadn't done that we would have we would have missed it yep and we got like the last parking spot yeah at able where we did our hike yeah. wow how do you spell this? How do you spell it? Katahdin? Yeah. K-A-T-A-H-D-I-N at Baxter State Park. Got it. Okay. And that one was, uh, it was, when we were driving up, we saw it through a tree clearing and we're like, oh my God, this is a joke. We're not ready for this. It's a, it's, it's a mountain. It's a straight it's a up mountain. mountain. Yeah. So I think the right. elevation is 5,400 wow. feet and... The, the camp, or I guess the able campground is at about an elevation of 1,000. So it's a 4,400-foot elevation gain over the course of 4.4 miles. 
what was the temperature change like? It, it was, was pretty drastic. It was probably yeah. like 80 when we were down there, and then it probably dropped to 55. Yeah, I always love summit. that. I find that so cool. Yeah. To, yeah. And it was, was as there... clear as day. Like, there were some clouds in the sky, but it was very clear on the hike up. And then we got to the table because the way that the Able Campground hike goes is through the woods, and then there is a long rock scramble that is very difficult and tedious. It's very slow to go up. Yeah. And then you get to the top of that, and it's a little bit of a tabletop, and you're hiking over somewhat flat ground, still rocky, and then you get up another mile and a half to the peak of Katahdin. You're basically hiking a ridge for another 30 minutes. Yeah. And then that's when it meets up with the end of the AT. Yep. And Appalachian Trail. Yep, the Appalachian Trail. And that's what then, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, there were all of these skinny bearded men. And women. Not and bearded, we're, though. Not bearded. And Hipsters, huh? Yeah. But they looked like, I thought, there's no way these people didn't come from Georgia. And I'm we're like huffing and puffing, so tired from hiking from the car. And I'm like, oh, where are you guys coming from? And they said, Georgia. And we're like, like oh, how yeah, did we you just not came, know? We just came from four miles away. Down yeah. There. I'm like, yeah, we came from the car. That was so hard. They came from Georgia. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was awesome. They had just finished. And that, that was about the right time. We talked to him for a little bit, but most mm-hmm. of them took about four months. And it was it was kind of funny. One of the guys that had reached Katahdin uh, was there with someone that they crossed paths basically two weeks into each of their own hikes. In like the Carolinas somewhere. Yeah, and they were like, hey, aren't crazy. you that guy in North Carolina? Blah, blah, blah. And the other guy said... Oh, yeah. He was probably like 6'4". He said, I... I have this giant beard and I'm 50 pounds lighter. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. 50 pounds lighter. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to the weather point, when we got up to the tabletop, it was still fairly clear. But as we were approaching the peak of Katahdin, it got more and more and more cloudy. And when we got to the peak, we were probably 100 feet away before we realized that we were near the peak. You yeah. just couldn't see anything. The mm-hmm. fog was so dense, and you just saw silhouettes of people up there, and you could hear them before you saw them. Yeah. And it was frigid. I remember coming back down, and you were like, you have dew drops all over you. Oh, yeah. And I looked, and I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And it was like all in my hair, in my beard. And I was in, sh- we were both in shorts and a t-shirt, which was not, not recommended. Not Definitely layer up for that hike. Yeah, it's cold up there. Yeah, once you get, yeah, well, I mean... I, once you get once you do a hike like that, um, <clears throat> you should definitely do that. That's something that. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Do it. just do it now. And um, you said it was clear. I, I always love. I've experienced several hikes where you hike above the clouds. You hike above the mist, and I think that's always pretty awesome. That was not this. Mm-hmm. No, in the clouds the whole time. But no, if you not said the it was whole clear, time. No, no, it was no, clear. You once you got, got to the tabletop, you were in the clouds the whole time. Oh, but it was there was no it, it view. was clear up until you got to that false summit at the table, and then it was clouds, clouds, clouds the whole way, and then when you came back again, then you all were, clouds, yeah, mm-hmm. and then when you got back down below the clouds, then you could see again. But there, Katahdin is notorious for not having a view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only okay. time you typically have a view is very early in the morning. Okay. After like 8 a.m. or at maybe an hour after sunrise, there's it's just clouds. 
Okay. Okay. And that would that was a brutal hike. Um, we had fun doing it, but it was long. It was a total of almost nine miles out and back. Yeah. Wow. And I feel like that's a lot coming from the two of you. I know, I mean, obviously the, not all of our listeners know, but you are runners and you guys hike quite often. So um, if you're listening to this, take that uh, information seriously because you guys spend a lot of time doing cardio. Yeah. It took us about two hours and 40 minutes up and then maybe two hours and 10 minutes down. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So I would have struggled even a little bit more than two of you because my cardio is not up to par. Interesting. <laughs> And after Katahdin, we just went back to Bangor and pretty much prepped for our departure. Yeah. Had some, nice. had some great food at Mason's again. And that was actually kind of funny. We got, we enjoyed Mason's the first time, but didn't spend a lot of time getting food. And this didn't time Didn't spend enough around, time on the pizza. Didn't spend enough time on the pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this time around, we ended up getting two pizzas and they're like 16 inch pies. Well earned. Well yeah. earned. Very much so. Yeah. And so, and then you just drove back and, uh, I know you, you, you extended it a little bit. I know. Yeah. We had, we had another four days after that where we were spending a lot of time in New Hampshire, but on our way to New Hampshire, we stopped at Mount Washington and we did not hike Mount Washington, but we did drive up in a Chevy Volt. And that was a little, that was actually a fun experience because I don't know how many of our listeners actually know what the Chevy Volt is in terms of. The hybrid, it has a gas engine and then a large battery that it can drive on electric only. So we took the gas up and then depleted most of the battery. And for the way down, we just let it recharge. And because all, all the braking you do. Yeah, the braking the and the, the low mode of the car has a regenerative property. So we started with, I think, six or seven miles at the very top. And by the time we got down to the bottom, we were at 44. Yeah. It was awesome. It was crazy. So it is possible to charge a car using gravity. And now we know. Um, would either of you be interested in hiking Mount Washington? Is that no, something yes. that I, I want to? Elliot, Amanda, why no? Because I didn't realize how dangerous it was. Yeah. And if any, if any hike involves luck... I'm not in it. I'm not doing it. That's why Everest, I mean, like Everest is crazy in its own way. Yeah, it involves so much luck and you have to train extensively. I think you have to be in really good shape to do Mount Washington, but so quickly the weather can turn. And if you're up Mount Washington, there's so much exposure. And if the weather turns, you are out there and you can die and you can fall and die. Well, there are structures at the summit. Right? Yeah. Like there's yeah, there the parking. Are. Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't have I just don't want and there's to a rail be line. far up yeah. where I'm stuck right. in the elements and then something stupid happens. Fair enough. Fair and enough. so many people have died hiking Mount Washington. Too many people. I think a lot of those deaths have occurred in the winter. Right. It depends on from it's my understanding that um it's a day hike to the summit, mm-hmm. assuming weather is in your favor. Um, but again, yeah, like you mentioned, I think the wind speed is ridiculous and can be, can, I think is the main issue, right? It's the yeah. wind, yeah. depending the on highest. how high that yeah. wind speeds get. But it is one of the more treacherous hikes in the United States. 
um, yeah. yep. my understanding. And I don't know if that's because it's on the East Coast where it is more densely populated, so more people do it and therefore you have more issues compared to the West Coast hikes that don't, well, I shouldn't say don't get a lot of people because you know millions of people go to some of those hikes every year. But yeah, it's one that's been on my list. I, I wanna hike it one of these days. So the really cool thing about Mount Washington, even if you don't hike it, driving up is awesome. There's some cool history behind it. And in uh, April of like the early 1900s, there was the highest wind speed ever recorded by man. Wow. At ever? 231 miles an hour. Ever. Ever. Yep, ever. By man. And it not, still holds... Not, and it still holds to this day. Yeah. There's been other highest recorded wind speeds, but it's been by unmanned instruments. And that's okay. where they do that's... like tons of weather experiments. It's called the worst weather in the world up there. Yeah. It sounds like something you definitely want to hike, you know? Yeah. So. Two weeks before we had been there, um, someone died, had a heart attack on the trail. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. No thanks. Thanks indeed. Yeah. No thanks. Maybe Mount Adams, Mount Jefferson, or Mount Eisenhower are a little easier. Maybe. Yeah. LOL. <laughs> and then New New Hampshire was fun. We did a hot air balloon festival and a little bit more hiking and a lot of relaxing. Yes. And hanging out. Lots of board games. Yeah. Nice. 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 Cool. I have yet to be to New England. So one of these days I have to go up there. Sounds like a nice trip. It's just an pleasant. Awesome trip. Just pleasant yeah. up there. Is that it? Where are we wrapping up? Yeah, that's that was the majority of our trip. If you're interested in having or recommendations on hikes at all, just reach out to us. I'm happy yeah. to answer questions. Oh yeah, uh, share your social media. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, at the Travelers Blueprint. That is wow. our Facebook page. Great name. And yeah, I like that. We have an Instagram and a Twitter. We don't use it all that much, uh, but it no. is still there. We we'll use Instagram. We use Instagram the most. Yeah, yeah, not Twitter. Not Twitter. Uh, not really, no. That's Twitter is, uh, in my opinion, again, opinions here, uh, the cesspool of civilization. I do not like Twitter. I am not a fan. <laughs> uh, and if you're and on Twitter, I'm sorry. Out. I apologize. It's just it's just a platform where the most complaining happens, in my opinion. And so I try to avoid it personally because you can get sucked into that. The negativity circulating on Twitter is unhealthy. And so if you're listening to this, just tune into our podcast and avoid all other forms of social media. Oh, I will mm -hmm. say, I, I have to give a shout out to Manscaped because I did bring the trimmer and it was, the battery lasted for two weeks. He ran it for two weeks. Ooh. Every day for two weeks. Wow. And and you're you're not, you know, you, you have a nice amount of hair. So. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that, was just, that, was just, that was a compliment. That was just like a, that was just stating a fact. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for tuning into the podcast. So just to wrap up the conversation, I want to shout out to a few people, uh, Tom and Judy. Thank you for having or making our time in Acadia much more enjoyable and for the lobster. Great suggestion. And then when from Hercleon, I mean, we wore those Hercleon shirts probably five out of the 14 days and washed them once. And they were amazing. Like didn't stink. They were Again, like no wrinkles, nothing. It was awesome. I think they, after that, three or four days, we all we had was salt stains on them, but they did not smell. That's a strong endorsement. And I had the, a similar experience with that. We brought them to Morocco and same thing. So yeah. I need to buy more. I need to buy a few more. Yeah. Stock my, my clothing. Yeah.
If you have any questions on specific details of our trip, uh, like trails, places to eat, etc., feel free to reach out. You can do so through DMing us on Instagram or shooting us an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com. Thank you. Tune in next week.